0: hello my friends hello my life warriors wherever you are in the world welcome to the day in day out podcast Woo! today on the podcast i'm very lucky privileged to have john mendez he is a connecticut based uh realtor and investor helping people build wealth through our real estate in connecticut yeah, CT. Uh, <laughs> one of the things I did discover about him, and I'm having to bring this up, he didn't know which was the best Christmas action movie of all time. I dropped hints uh to him that it took place in a tower. I dropped place the next episode, like the next film took place in an airport. And I dropped hints, the other, the third film took place in New York City. But yeah, John's I like, I haven't seen it. Like John, 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 John. Look, we cannot like no one's perfect in this. World, <laughs> but god damn it, sir. You've got to get out there and watch a little bit of Die Hard. If it's on Disney Plus, I don't even know. If it's on Disney Plus, damn well watch it. If it's on, like that, if it's on Amazon, damn well watch it. Before this year is done. You can come back me and say you've watched iHeart. How are you
1: today anyway? <laughs> Thanks for the amazing introduction. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you know I'm um, able to send, share this conversation and in my defense when I think of Christmas I think of The Grinch. You know I think of A Christmas Carol. I think of Ebenezer Scrooge. I think of all these people. So he kind of threw me off and then he mentioned New York City and I thought Home Alone. So it was a pretty fair guess. You know Home Alone takes place in New York City. Home Alone is a great movie. Everyone knows it is. So in my defense it's not like I had a Uh, A bad guess. I I mean, a bad guess as my answer. It was a pretty strong guess. I just, I just didn't know where you were going.
0: Okay, you know what? If I was in the same room with you right now, I'd throw (laughs) it. I'm alone. This.
1: (laughs) Good thing I got good reflexes. You might
0: miss. (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure. Getting it from the basketball court and yeah, playing playing football. No doubt. But yes, no. I have to ask now. What was the thing What took you down this realm of, yeah, real estate and investment? How did you get started? Because, hey, dare I say it, you're a, you're a young looking chap. Uh, yeah. You're head of the curve.
1: Yeah, so should I age myself? Well, that's, uh, I think I'm at an age where I can still age myself and people won't take offense to it, right? <laughs> so 21 years young, right? 21 years young. I turned 21 in September. Uh, so what got me into real estate is so... I went to college and the two reasons I went to college, just to give you a little bit of context, were to network and learn how to, how to live my on my own. Right. Mm-hmm. I was in a school of business over at UConn and I was studying. And then the pandemic came around my second semester of college, still my freshman year. And I still remember like I was walking home or to my dorm, at least. Um, I just finished hanging out with my friends and we all made like a bet, like two of us, two or three of us were like, yeah, we'll be back after the semester. I mean, after this break, the other two or three were like, yeah, John, you know, I, I don't think we're going to come back. And You're like, we'll see. We'll see. We'll be back. And next thing you know, we never ended up coming back. And so fast forward a little bit. Uh, my spring semester, my fall semester of my sophomore year, mm-hmm. uh, it was around uh, right before in August, right before it started, one of my friends introduced me to um he wanted me to invest in Tesla. He knew I was getting a a, a, a college refund, and Tesla was doing a, a, I think it was a five one stock split at that time. If don't don't quote me, I think it was a five one stock split. I Didn't know what that even meant, right? I never invested before, and from there I was like, "Hey, why aren't you investing?" And he was like, "Cause you know, right now I don't have the money to. Uh, I have to take care because it was him and his older sister, um, and his older sister's daughter living together. His parents were in Haiti." And so uh, he didn't have the money because he had it was filling in shoes, mm. and so you know I was like you know he still told me about this opportunity despite him not being able to. And when you usually come from scarce backgrounds, you know a lot of people like to keep their their cards close to their chest. And I was like you know um, it means something. And he's a finance guy, so I trusted his word and I invested in it. And then fast forward a little bit in November, um, that kind of sparked, it planted a seed in me. And I found my myself in in Barnes and Noble in November, and I picked up three books, right. First book was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Second book was Index Funds for Dummies. And the third book was a book called I Will Teach You to Be Rich. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And it's, it's a good book. It's not as great as it seems, but it does its job in shifting your mindset to see that there's another way of viewing the world that's mm. not being taught in school. So after that fall semester finish between the the winter break, I started watching. You know, tons of YouTube videos, YouTube University, double speed podcasts. You know, reading books. Like I was just burning through information, and out of all the different ways to get into stuff, uh, real estate was the main one that caught my interest. So I tried to get into wholesaling. I bought a five hundred dollar class. I ended up going through with it. Filed for my LLC. Got my logo, my domain name, everything. I was ready to get going. And for wholesaling, um, some there's like a couple states where it might not be allowed in, but it was allowed in Connecticut at that time. You know, I, I knew that I had to start reaching out to attorneys to make sure I had a good attorney on my side to start closing deals. Uh-huh. And I spoke up, you know, like about four or five and none of them knew, you know, uh, what I was really talking about. they were like, hey, yeah, 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 whatever. Scratch me, like brush me off a little bit. But there's one guy who seemed like really knowledgeable on this subject. He was like, oh, yeah, you can't do that in Connecticut. It's against the law, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And In my, ta- in my head, he was a professional at that time. So I was like, OK, maybe this, you know, this idea of real estate isn't going to work out. I was kind of bummed for a little bit. And then I started up the spring semester and it was just like, you know, I, I really couldn't focus on school. It's like, I seen the light. It's like, I can't unsee it now. There's that whole personal finance entrepreneur world out there and all these books and all these things that I'm learning. that's not being taught in school. And it's like, it's not like I could just shut my, my you know, my, my eyes and not see that stuff, that other way of, you know, learning and that all that information that's out there. And so I was like, you know what, I'll, I'm gonna start my real estate classes. I needed to have a license to get into wholesaling. Quick disclaimer you can wholesale in Connecticut without a license. At that time, I just was following what the attorney's bad advice, who clearly wasn't an investor. Yeah. Um, and so I ended up signing up for my real estate classes, never showed up, stopped showing up to my college classes that spring semester, my sophomore year. And then I decided to drop out. And the I would think two weeks after I turned 20, I finally got my real estate license. And so um that's the story of how I got into real estate.
0: Mm like does it do you wish you came across this knowledge just as you were like in your final year your that uh, your senior year of high school so it would have basically either saved you time or money uh rather than sort of going off to college say
1: yeah so here's the thing with that right i think everything happens for a reason and if you know you change one thing it's like the butterfly effect and so you don't know how things will play out right you watch the movies and people go back in time they tweak one little thing and their whole life could be complete mess or it might be better right but i wouldn't take that chance i you know i feel like everything is supposed to happen and you know um as long as we're put into work and being smart and being consistent in due time right and this is the path that I'm supposed to be on. And I feel like if I would have skipped college, I would have not have developed personally as much uh, because that, that experience of, I still feel like although college itself, the education part of it is kind of a scam, unless you need to be a doctor or in a CPA or something like that. But it's like that experience. It's like that being on your own, that, you know, that adventure, you get to find yourself and you also don't, don't have the full responsibility of adulthood. So you can be, you know, a lot riskier, experience a lot more without having as much consequences. So you could find yourself, if you use college correctly, And if you network, which is one of the main reasons I went to, it just cut short because the pandemic everyone has on Zoom calls. But it's not like this. where We're having a conversation. It's cameras off. The teachers, you know, giving a a class that no one cares about. Everyone's in their bedroom. Cameras off, probably sleeping. They just, you know, open their computers just to get credit for being in attendance. Right. So it's like there was any networking or anything. So the two reasons I went to school were out. But, you know, I genuinely loved it. I was in a couple of fashion shows. I had a 378 my first year. Like I loved the experience. It was great. I met some, you know, great people. I got like a lot of good connections and stuff. So I genuinely enjoyed it for what it was. And But I'm also extremely grateful for the pandemic for allowing me the time and the space to be able to, you know, reflect and have all this extra time. And I'm just glad that I used it to actually learn something instead of, you know, letting it pass by. So I think everything played out perfectly. I think in my books, I was able to experience it a little bit, the college experience, but then also become aware of all these different, you know, things in the entrepreneur space, in the personal finance space, in the real estate space. So I think it all played out pretty well. But I, of course, I would have loved to, you know, um, experience it without the pandemic. But if I had to fully gone through with it, I probably wouldn't be where I am today. And we probably wouldn't even be in this podcast having this conversation right now. So I'm glad it all played out.
0: Right. It's it's worked out quite nicely so far. Uh, yeah, like you know, um, one of the things I'm always curious about because I hear like I hear from like say reality TV and like stuff like this when it comes to real estate in the United States. Yeah, there real estate license. Uh, for example, there's a show selling sunset which comes on netflix uh like don't like look this is the thing uh i I won't lie i kind of i like it's one of my guilty little pleasures i kind (laughs) of watch it (laughs) uh and i'll watch it again (laughs) but they talk about getting their real estate license but i haven't like because no one actually says what it entails how long does it take to get a real estate license
1: So it varies state to state. In Connecticut, it's pretty much the process is kind of similar. It just, the hours may vary depending on what state you're in. But usually something along the lines, if you take a real estate course um, and then once you take that real estate course, you pass, uh, then you you, you should, at least I'm going based off of what I did in Connecticut. So once you take the real estate course and you pass, then you take that paper and then you have to go to uh, the PCI. You have to mail it out to the PCI. um, And then once they approve, then you're qualified to take the state exam and the national, pardon me, the state and national exam, which is like somewhat like I think like a two hour exam or something like that, depending on what state you're in. Wow. And then once you pass that, then you're pretty much you have pretty much a license, but you can't do anything with that. From there, you have to then find a brokerage uh, to hang your license. It's called so uh-huh. whether it's Ke- Keller Williams, that's where I decided to go, or Coastal Banker, Century Twenty One, Exp. Uh, then you you know you would hang your license. And then from there, um, that's when you would then technically be able to transact as an agent. But then from there, you also need to get your smart MLS or whatever MLS that you use, the multiple listing service to get actual access to the market. Mm-hmm. And then um, you may have a couple other small fees here and there. Like for me, I know I had to get like a it's called a super e-key. Uh, that's how I'm able to connect to the lock boxes on the doors. So I, there's a fee for that for the most part, but that's pretty much start to finish in a nutshell. Um, and it, the class itself was 60 hours. And then you probably have to take the you pass the test and you it takes about two weeks to get your paperwork sent out to the, you know, the PCI. And then once they approve, then you could take your PCI exam anywhere. So I can take my Connecticut exam. I took my Connecticut exam in New York, uh, right? Cause they had more availability, right? Cause I didn't want to wait for Connecticut's availability uh, and right. So I took it in New York. And I finally passed that. It took me three tries. Uh, I didn't study the first two tries. And so from the time I finished class, I was probably in May or maybe like May or June. And then I was working like 70 hours. So I didn't even have time to take the exam. So like from May or June when I finished the class to like almost August when I finally actually passed. Mm-hmm. um, I-, I didn't study at all, really. And I, I-, I forgot a lot of the stuff. And most of that stuff, if not all of that stuff, you don't use anyways um when you actually have your license so um but once I I fail the first two times I just happen to have really good memory so I just memorized the questions and then from there it, passing the test was pretty easy mm. <laughs> yeah yeah
0: so because you've taken your real estate exam it like right,
1: at license
0: in New York so can you practice in New York and Connecticut or is it a case of you're just restricted
1: yeah so I'm So I thought I took the test in New York. That's Mm. just the facility. That's the testing center, the testing facility. Uh, I I took my Connecticut test in the New York facility just because, as I said, it had more availability. But New York is a reciprocal state to Connecticut. So if I have my Connecticut license, I can reciprocate that to New York. I think I just got to file some paperwork and then hang my license with a brokerage over there in New York uh, and probably pay some other fees. I'm not too sure how it works, but I know New York is not reciprocal to Connecticut. So if I were to get my New York license, um, and go through the class and everything like that. I would have to then go through the like Connecticut class. I'm pretty sure, uh, and then retake the, all that stuff all over again. So some states are reciprocal one way and not the other. So you have to definitely check in with your state. Like I know Connecticut reciprocal for like Florida too, and it's a couple other states. So that's weird. That's really <laughs> yeah. Weird.
0: Okay. Okay. So basically, wow. Like uh, you pick a step, like you pick a couple of states, and that
1: is pretty much
0: you stick in those states
1: like it really depends honestly though you know like if you're in a dmv area a lot of realtors have their dmv license like Delaware Virginia and Maryland because uh-huh. they just happen to be pretty close together but like for me it's like I wouldn't go into New York because each state does things differently mm-hmm. and so and also then too you have to ask yourself how far do you really want to drive for example like in some a lot of southern states you could cover a lot more ground it will be easier because a lot of those states are like, you know, for example, like the more countryside states, you know, it's straight roads. But if for me, it's like, you know, if I, there's rush hour, it takes like 30 minutes just to get three exits over. Right. So it's like, imagine trying to cover different states, like good luck with that during rush hour.
0: Uh, so what would you say has been sort of like your biggest takeaway, uh, about being qualified now, uh, because you didn't pass it for the first two times, you passed yeah. it first time. What was like the sort of like ah, this is what I need to do.
1: Honestly, it's it's they ask the same questions every single time, so it's like I I failed the first time and then like three weeks after I took it again, and then like I was like two points away and I was like okay, mm. so like the, right before the third test, I like studied like the week prior just because as i said i got i have pretty good memory so i just studied the questions and then it gives you an outline of the question that's going to ask um so i just like i just went to those specific chapters yeah. and just look for the you know i went to the quiz portion and just looked at the quiz answers and pretty much just studied those and so when i came back around it was easy it's multiple choice anyway so the test isn't hard
0: No, what how i was like trying to by like, frame the question excuse me my apologies mm-hmm. is like did it like was there a sort of a A momentary like a moment where it gets you some sort of clarity of okay I need to have this mindset to get like to get on the board xyz or was it a case of ah right I need to drop this pick this up was there something clear what came to you in that sort of sense
1: oh yeah yeah definitely so something like that happened to me so around October there was this training in my office that was being held it's Mm -hmm. called ignite and there's this one agent who's um she's uh one of our more successful agents she's on like a a leadership council in our office so she's like in the like top like 15 percent of agents or something like that and um what she she was in this mastermind call every morning and she just also happens to always come back to the training although that training is for like beginners Mm -hmm. and people that are newer, newer to real estate and not really transacting Uh, she always goes through the training just for like to make sure she touches up on the fundamentals make sure she you know she still got it i guess like kind of like kobe right she always working on on the fundamentals right and so um she she was in there one time and she dropped a couple links to a couple mastermind calls in the morning and that was in october ish and it wasn't until november i finally like hey i gotta change my morning routine and so i got on a couple of these mastermind calls and that's when like i was able to progress mentally so much further like so networking and masterminding with the right people, I guess that definitely opened my mind up. And then I started realizing, you know, I started script practicing and now I'm hearing the conversation other agents have while they're on the phone and while they're prospecting. And I was listening to their, you know, their conversations it was like, yeah, you could tell he doesn't practice or you could tell he's not studying in the market or you could tell she's not, you know, she's not looking into to the data, right? Because like a lot of these agents, they don't really work on their craft really at all. And um, there's no like real practice. It's just kind of like their agents and try to go sell houses.
0: You know what? I like the fact that you said craft because there's one thing when you're doing a job or taking like taking part in an activity. And there's another thing when it's a craft. Because yeah. like, oh, I'm, I'm working. I'm working in real estate. It's like, okay, great. It's like, yeah, you clock in, you clock out and you go. When you have a craft, it's a skill you know what needs to be worked on, refined, built upon. And what like there is no sort of realm of perfection. It's always like, yeah, uh, trying to get mastery of your craft is a never-ending yeah. journey. And when you're like, going, yeah, uh, working on my craft, it doesn't take much to be a good craftsperson uh, in this like, day and age. You just need to do a little bit better than the people around you. Like, as you said, people like not doing their scripts, people not doing their research, but uh, be on that next level. Like, uh, like the lady you mentioned, who keeps coming in, like, yeah, like where you see yourself now and where you see yourself, where you like, what work you need to do? Like, do you have any idea what that work might look like to you?
1: Yeah, so full transparency. Right. So my main focus now isn't even real estate. It's not real estate at all. So for me, so I got into real estate and I was convinced first year and I was going to, you know, become, you know, top agent, sell the most houses, you know, come in and I'm some hot shot and get it going. But I started realizing throughout the journey, but one I was also working on the side also too. So that I didn't factor that in as well. So that was eating away at some of my time. Mm-hmm. And then I started a podcast about 3 or 4 months after I got my real estate license. And so I was kind of doing that on the side and I wasn't really focused, right? I, you know, I was, I had the personality, I was working on my skills, I was on the mastermind calls and I wasn't really making any progress, wasn't really closing any deals at all. And then it was around, it wasn't around till like almost September where I read a book called The Purpose Factor. And that book really got me to start thinking. It, and it really like breaks down some like, tra- like conventional wisdom mm-hmm. and like, kind of like debunks it for example like follow your passion so the oxford definition of passion is a barely controllable emotion Right. So when you ch- trade the word passion with, you know, it's actual dictionary definition, you realize a lot of the advice you're be- you have been given is actually terrible advice. Like you shouldn't use a barely controllable emotion to start your business or sort of fun, you know, be the main effort for your business or the main motivator. Right. Uh, it's barely controllable. Why would you have something that's not stable, be the founding, you know, core principle of everything that we do in life. And that book kind of, that book really opened my mind. Another good quote that I got from the book is like, you could be uh, climbing up the ladder of success and get to the top and then realize that it was against the wrong wall the entire time, right? Cause a lot of us, we, we like we like competing. We like finding, you know, success metrics and we like, you know, accomplishing things and we kind of get carried away. The dopamine hit, right? We get a little something going and you know, it gets good and it starts getting better mm. and we never take time to reflect because we're still stuck in that dopamine hit of like, hey, I just, you know, hit another goal. I just broke another, I got another raise whatever whatever it may be. And not realize that your actual life's mission, your actual purpose um, wasn't anywhere near in alignment with what you actually had going on. So, yeah, you know, kudos to you for accomplishing everything, but you just kind of wasted your life away and your purpose hasn't been fulfilled. That's why a lot of people have midlife crises, right? They probably have a successful career. They're probably yeah. in corporate, you know, making a lot of money. And then they realize, oh, this wasn't supposed to be the main, you know, the main pursuit of everything, the main, you know, driving force behind everything. And so for me, that book opened my mind a lot. And then so I was like, okay, so real estate, I keep procrastinating. I'm not really finding success. What might it be? So I decided to try and open up a social media marketing agency. So I got my logo filed for that, my domain name, my LLC, all that stuff. And I was ready to get that up and going. And then I had one client and like I'm editing the content for him. And I was like, I don't really like this either, man. I don't know what it is, but I, I don't really like this either. And it wasn't until... I found out this concept called icky guy that I realized that, you know, the podcast is really what I want to do, what I want to put all my efforts in and go all out in. Mm-hmm. And that's like going into 2023. Like I'm super excited. Cause it's like the first year where it's like, there's nothing else that's on my mind besides the podcast. And it's like a, like a boulder was lifted off my shoulder cause I'm very creative. And so it's like, now it's like all my creativity is being funneled into just one endeavor. And not trying to do podcast, you know, the real estate and still work on a side job and also do the SMMA and teach social media classes and all this other stuff. It just how could I grow the podcast and have like absolute focus and clarity on it?
0: Mm. Does it feel good to have this clarity at this present time?
1: It feels amazing. It feels, it feels like, I don't know how to really word it in ways to, to make really sense of it, but uh, imagine you were driving in a car and it's a, you know, a stormy night and it's foggy, right? And people have their high beams on, right? You can't really see the lines in between the lanes are getting a little blurry, but you could just see, you know, five feet ahead. And that's kind of how I was driving for the majority. It's like, I can only just see five feet ahead. Right. But now it's like, now that I'm not trying to focus on real estate and all these other different side endeavors, it's like there's only the podcast. It's like the sun's out, clear skies. We on, you know, a, a long, empty street. I could see down the block around the corner. Like everything's clear now. I could see ahead now. It's not so foggy, right? It feels like all the the the, the fog, the brain clog, I guess you could say, the clutter just got, you know, organized and filed. It reminds me of a SpongeBob episode where SpongeBob was like, you can see in SpongeBob's brain, and it was like a workplace and everyone's running around. There's a fire. Everyone's panicking, running back and forth. And now it's like the workplace in here is organized. It's neat. All the folders are tucked away and everything like that. And it's like, all right, I know this is my mission. This is where I want to be. And so all my my focus, my energy is going to how could I grow this and keep this on growing?
0: Mm, mm. Like, this is the thing. Like, I, I'm glad. I'm happy to hear that. It's a case of, ooh. It, yeah. it there might be some like long road ahead of you, uh, as the Beatles would say, the long <laughs> and winding road. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, like this is thing. Like, if your like if your if your mother or father came up to you or, or one of your elders came up to you as, uh, uh, John, ah, uh, podcast, thing. right? Yeah. So, like, how long are you gonna do this for? Is <laughs> like, like What would your response be to them?
1: My response would probably be minimum, at least the next five, the next five years, at least minimum, right? Because you can be, there's a quote that um, here we say at Keller Williams, right? That Gary Keller, the founder says that you could be anywhere you want in five years, right? And most people aren't willing to put the time in, right? Most podcasts don't get, make it past episode seven. Most real estate agents don't make it past year two, right? And it's like all these, most nine out of 10 businesses fail right? There's all these quotes because people don't stay on, uh, you know, uh, stick with it long enough. And Alex Harmosi had another quote. And it was Uh, like, you don't have to be extraordinary, right? You just have to do something ordinary for an extraordinary amount of time, right? So if people just stuck with it more, we would find a lot more people finding success. And for me, if someone were to ask me, hey, podcasting, I thought you were in real estate, or I thought you were doing this, like, mm -hmm. you know, what's going to be your next new thing? And it's like, well, this is it. Because this is, you know, my as I said, my icky guy, my reason for being.
0: Excellent. No, because like this is the thing. Uh with with regards to the realm of podcasts.
1: Yeah. They go, Yeah,
0: there's four million podcasts out there in the world. And like you go, yes, there is, but no, there isn't. There are <laughs> because as you say, um normally it's four and done, but like, yeah, I think it's moved up to seven uh yeah. recently. But Out of that 4 million, I think there might be about 300,000, maybe 400,000, which are
1: active. active.
0: Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like doing the episodes, putting the work in. And there are (laughs) some people which do make me chuckle when they go, yes, I'm doing a podcast. I go, great, you're doing a podcast. No problem. Yeah, but it's not growing or it's not being successful. I go, okay, no no worries. How many episodes are you doing? Uh, Doing one. Every two months, maybe. You yeah. <laughs> go like, uh, uh, okay. In order to get that, so like, in order to get good at anything, you need to put in the practice. You need to put in the reps. uh Get yeah. that working. And like, yeah, I don't think a number of people, when it comes to podcasting, just like be an interview podcast, like what we're doing, like factual, historic, or like you know, what I mean, just an ent- just an entertaining podcast. Uh, for example, like Andrew Strauss, uh like flagrant too. Like oh, yeah. they do at least three episodes a week, yeah, on regular, and they do a Patreon podcast which comes out a month after they've I put it out there. Like yeah, how many episodes are you currently doing uh, for your podcast? Just how interest?
1: Yeah, so right now I'm doing about one a week. Right. This week, actually, like the day that we're recording. So I'm going to drop like one a day until Christmas. So today, tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then Christmas is going to be like my wrap up episode for like 2022. Uh And like take a little bit of clips. And then I'm really contemplating, you know, uh, starting starting to drop two episodes because right now. So I'm at episode 46 that just dropped. And then after today, it'll be 47. And I also have enough interviews recorded now already uh to last me until like june so i'm like backed up with interviews <laughs> that i i still have yet to drop uh I, so i found out what happened with me so i found out about like Podmatch and you know guestio and all these different websites like that's within like the same week mm-hmm. and then like everyone just reached out <laughs> kind of at the same time so it's like i had a bunch of people that i, I had to filter through and so like then I, I was scheduling interviews and i was like um i didn't have like any t- Blockers set on my scheduler, oh. so it's like it got <laughs> yeah, it got packed up pretty quick. So September was a wild month for me. So that month after September, I kind of got like pretty far ahead, and so um, I made start dropping um two a week. But it reminds me of the interview where uh, not an interview a quote um, I'm gonna butcher it, but Bruce Lee said something along the lines of, "I fear not the man who uh, knows ten thousand cakes, but the man who practice one cake ten thousand times." Right? It's like. How many reps can you put in your thing? And like, for me, it's like, although I was distracted in real estate, distracted with the social media stuff and the other side endeavors, it's like the podcast is the only thing that I stuck with and been consistent with, but I was just treating it in the background, Mm -hmm. right? And I was trying to get full-time results with only part-time minimal effort. And I wasn't seeing that reason why my podcast wasn't growing or exploding. I thought if I I build it, people will show up. And as you know, from being the podcast space, it's not like that at all. So I was like, you know, December, once I started getting a lot more clarity, it's like, all right, how do I become intentional with this? How do I take this to the next level? How do I turn this something from just a weekly episode to a movement? That's and, where I want to take it.
0: Yeah. And you got to remember it like this. Put it this way. I've, I, when I first like started off my podcast, yeah, once a week, then like built momentum, got up to twice a week. And it was like twice a week for all the way up until, sort of around about June this year. The reason yeah. why I kind of like, yeah, I've kind of fallen off, um, like, yeah, new baby girl came into the world, like the whole pregnancy. It's like, yeah, so I haven't been able to focus the way I normally would focus. But you've got to look at it this way. If you're doing one, like anyone who's doing one episode a week, if you're doing two, you're doing two years' work. In like you know what I mean? Do three. Yeah. you're doing three years work, and like with that, it builds exponentially, and you get that get so much more experience. You get yeah. so much more time to work on your craft, get better at having conversations, interacting, and like yeah. If like I like my intention next year uh, when I get back on it and things get <laughs> a little bit settled, yeah, but just a little bit.
1: Just a tiny bit just a little yeah, tiny yeah. bit
0: right yeah but i'll be like looking to get my podcast back up to twice a week i not even looking to get up to three times a week to catch up from yeah. things i've missed out on this year uh because when you're in the mix and like you're doing it like yeah you it it's something i be, like i believe i don't think it, you'll come across anyone else saying it. you get podcast fit if you So you'll be able to be able to think more on the fly. You'll be able to have those conversations. You'll Mm -hmm. be able to be more relaxed when like when there's been a couple of times where it's like, yeah, I've lined up a whole bunch of interviews. So I haven't done anything for a month. Yeah. Come back into it.
1: I'm like, oh,
0: wait, oh, got to get the brain working again and everything like this. So, Yeah. Uh, Uh
1: and that same, and that same point too, now that you mentioned it like that, I was literally on a phone call like, uh, about an hour ago. Cause, uh, I went to a speaker school that a guy that here is in my hometown that he, um, now was back in September because yeah. for me, I knew I wanted to get into the public speaking space. Right. So a little more context behind the real estate story. Mm-hmm. I knew, I thought I had to become credible in something so that people would find my voice valuable in any regard. Right. And so while I was pursuing real estate, I was like, okay, I'll just become a top realtor. Right. And then I was, I'm going to use that money to start my investing journey as well, but I'm also going to use that credibility as a top realtor to start getting public speaking engagements. Now it's then I started getting speaking engagements for my podcast. And I was like, okay, so that's around to that same time in September. So it's like, and I'm getting speaking opportunities, which is what I really want to end up doing, you know, speaking, use my voice. Yes then and i'm not i'm not a top realtor at all how how, this doesn't make any sense so it made me sit there and think so it's like do i even need real estate really to get to where i want to get to and then i realized like hey i don't and then it's like being able to strip myself away from that ego because being a competitive person that i am i like competing and finding you know accomplishing goals for just accomplishing sake Mm. right and so it's like okay i got into real estate you know I got to become a top realtor. I got I, that's what I was telling myself. And I was just like, you know, I actually don't because my end goal is, is really public speaking. And that's starting to happen through the podcast. Right. And the podcast itself is kind of almost like public speaking. Right. So it's like I was just going to put all my efforts into kind of doing this at that time. Wasn't all my efforts. It's just like, OK, I'm gonna put a little bit more effort into doing this. Yeah. And then. Now, as I said, I started. I read the book. I started getting some clarity. I started looking into some things about finding your purpose and things like that. And so it's like, okay, now it's like full on intentionality now, like actually growing this and being intentional. Like, for example, one thing that I want to do next year is I'm already planning it now. I have 14 speakers confirmed out of 15, but I'm going to do a virtual summit, right? So it's like, as I said, all my creativity, I'm a very creative person. Like, that's how I was going to get, while I was in school, I was going to be in marketing. i right? as well. <laughs> And so, you know, uh, for me, it's like I get ideas left and right and they they just come to me rapid fire. Like my brain is flying at high speeds all the time. Right. And it's like now I had ideas for real estate and for this. And it's like now that is just one focus All my idea, creating powers is all for one thing. So like uh, two weeks ago before we're interviewing, I hosted my first in-person podcast event. Oh, so I did like a live podcast interview and I had like an audience. I ended up bringing like close to 16 people. I planned it in less than two weeks, never planned an event before in my life. um. So I put it together, had a couple sponsors to sponsor for like pizzas and stuff like that. Um, And I, I ended up figuring it out. And it's like, as I said, it, it's so much easier to drive back to that highway analogy that I was saying now that the fog is gone and I could see further down the road. It's so much clearer now. It's so much more purposeful, so much more efficient now because it's like it's not wasted brain space and wasted brain energy trying to figure out how to grow all these things at the same time it's just one thing and so it's like it's a lot easier to start making moves and to start moving forward and progressing and act on the things that you said you were going to act on
0: yeah you can execute with precision rather than sort of whacking at the weeds
1: or shotgunning it right it's no it's like a sniper now
0: yeah there you go get that kill shot on like (laughs) yeah many of your goals and ambitions that's great you know I uh, really like that, and look, starting out with sixteen today, uh, yeah. you know what I mean. That could like give it a year from now. That could be one hundred and sixty. Oh, jeez! <laughs> yeah. yeah, a month from now, it could be one hundred and sixty. Give it two, <laughs> three. Who knows where it could go? Um, yeah. But like, this is the thing. When you said about real estate giving you that credibility,
1: yeah,
0: got to, like. You are doing something which can give you credibility. You are doing your podcasts. And like if yeah. you do like key people, like, you know what I mean, really making a difference, having a clear message, you have credibility there. And that that will yeah, can grow exponentially. And yeah, reaching out to different people out there, who knows who, like who you might be speaking to. But more yeah. importantly, who knows who might be
1: listening? Just take Exactly. One. Exactly. And like in that same breath, right? But like the real estate, it, it taught me a lot. But like with the credibility thing, I didn't realize that the podcast could be something credible, right? That's why I didn't treat it as something that I should put all my efforts to. I was just like, I'll just grow it on the side, right? And it wasn't until I realized, like, hey, like I had an audience. And then I also realized like I have a lot of skills to make me good on a one-to-one. Like there's different types of salespeople, right? Or like just people in general in the communication styles. There's like a one-on-one approach, uh kind of like what we're doing now. And then there's also like a one-to-many. And it was like Imagine, you know, if, if I'm a top realtor in my area, I'm selling maybe like 30 houses a year just because the average price of home is so high. I'm probably selling close to 30 houses a year. Right. That's 30 families about. Let's say average family is, you know, four, 30 times four. Right. That's like one hundred twenty people that I'm helping out. But it's like, imagine I grow the podcast. I can turn that one hundred twenty to one hundred twenty thousand people that I could help out, right? 120,000 families that I could help out. I could help so many more people. And then, so I started realizing that and I was like, yeah, this, this is definitely where I have to put my efforts in. Cause this is going to help me impact. As I said, I don't want it to just be a, a weekly episode, or even if I go to twice a week, you know, double episodes, I want it to be a movement. I want to be create a community. I want to get people like the whole name behind it. Like walk to wealth, like want people to walk together. Right. Cause I'm still on the journey and we can all just walk together, walk in arms and kind of go to forward together
0: yeah like this is the thing i think if like seeing as you're at the sort of beginning of this journey and like if you can like also document it uh alongside it not if it takes away from your sort of focus and energy from the podcast then don't do it but if you do say a youtube channel or like, basically put it on your podcast just a episode once once a week or once every two weeks like saying this is what has happened over the last a 10-day report say this is my 10-day report and this is what we've done over this 10 days bam so like people know and you can like go tie it still into your podcast see there you go (laughs) (laughs) there you go but yeah if you do something like that I think it could really get some people really excited like and It's going to be a very interesting time at this present because one of the things when we're in a bull market, every sob is a financial genius. When we're in a bear market, yeah, you begin to like figure out who some of the people out there who might have that mm, uh, moniker of a charlatan. And let's just in the realm of sort of uh, finance. Like either finance YouTube or basically does finance real estate and everything like that, which is being sort of broadcasted over the world wide web. I think there are a number of people which are uh now being, oh wait, i I thought you were smarter than this. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah i i thought you were more honest than this yeah Uh, yeah let's just say there's a number of people uh dare i say ftx who are like yeah (laughs) say no more you know what i mean
1: yeah definitely not definitely it's it's so it's so easy to you know act as if someone you're not not you know i feel like that's something that's probably played people forever right because we're social beings right we always want to fit in we always want to connect want to be social yes. but it's like now it's even easier to do such through social media right everyone's just so like in a highlight reel all the time so it's even without a podcast right you could come off as someone you're not just post a couple photos buy a nice car it's like no one knows it's not yours right yeah. but now with podcasting you already look professional because you have a microphone close to your face so people are going to trust your word a little bit more it's like now it's like you know you got to be even more uh careful you have to really do your your due diligence, your homework to see you know, who's giving you this advice. Right. I was just talking to my uncle the other day about, you know, he was like, Oh, home prices got to have to crash or whatever. And he was like, you know, I, I know they are. Cause you know, I, I heard it on the news. It's like, you know, normally I would argue with him. Right. I would go back and forth and tell him why the, here's why the market isn't going to crash. Here's the evidence supporting it. Here's what the data is showing. And, but it's like, there's a quote that I, I've learned. And I, I'm still practicing, you know, implementing it into my life, but it's do not cast your pearls before swine, right? And pretty much your your pearls, that's your, your wisdom, your knowledge, your time, your energy, your love, your, you know, your passion, your efforts, whatever, maybe your your valuables, right? Before people, do not cast that before people that are, by swine, meaning people that aren't receptive of it, people that aren't appreciative of it. Like, for, for example, every time my uncle comes to the house, he's always telling me the house is going to crash. And even though I tell him otherwise, right? And his evidence is because he just knows everything. And I'm actually using evidence, right? So it's like, I'm essentially having an argument for no reason. Like my ego in me wanted to be right. And having to step, you know, take away. And it's like, I was like, last time he came to the house and he brought something up about the housing market. I was like, you know better than I do. And, that, and that's it. I didn't argue. And I think he was expecting us to go back and forth a little bit. And I was like, no, you, you know better than I do. And that was that. And I just walked upstairs and continued doing whatever I was doing. Yeah,
0: you got to sometimes remember people will take that little nugget of information that they're either on a negative stance just so they can either procrastinate or give them that excuse to take no action. So like when they come to you and say these things and you like, oh, no, they might be looking for a reason why to like, oh, yeah, you're right. I'm going to jump on it. Or if you haven't said the quote unquote magic key thing, they're about, no you see yeah ah you're young yeah you're, you're young you're foolish you <laughs> idiot. It's like, so they won't take any action for themselves or they will try to use it and i'm not saying this is what your uncle's going to like do mm-hmm. it, to like go okay yeah let me drag you back a little uh you like you've got to watch uh family and friends which sometimes do that it's not mm-hmm. done like, it's not done out of spite or selfishness most of the times. It's just down sometimes out of trying to keep you safe, if you get what I
1: mean. Yeah. And it's, I, I love the word safe, right? Because it's like, it's such a subjective word. Like, what is safe? For example, someone might tell you, you know, you have to go to college and get yourself a stable job. And then you see Meta just drop 11,000 employees. What happened to Zillow back, what I think it was in, 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 uh, they lost like in just a quarter alone when they had the flipping company within Zillow. They lost 300,000 employees in a single quarter. There, that entire division because they were doing the eye buying, they thought they were, you know, they could have a, a method to do that across the country. Now, realizing, like, hey, you can't do that. <laughs> Boom, my whole division got entirely wiped out, right? What happened to all those people that took the secure, the safe route, right? Like what is safety really? What What do you define as safe? And a lot of the time, these people that give you advice, whether it's friend, family, maybe, you know, it might be a teacher. It could be a lot of different things, but they give you this advice that's safe. That's not really safe. It's someone else's hands, right? The only way to have true safety, true security, I feel personally is to take matters into your own hands right? And I feel like that is the only way. And so like, for me, you know, the three things I'm striving for is time, freedom, financial freedom, and location freedom. So I know that no matter what happens, I will always be good. My family will always be good. The ones that I love will always be good because I took it into my own hands and didn't rely on the next person, the next man to do what I should be taking care of. Right.
0: Mm. If you can get time freedom, you generally have financial freedom. Uh, Pretty much immediately, location freedom—that's another thing uh, altogether. Like, because sometimes we don't necessarily have that. Because if yeah. you have partner, spouses, or just like location of family, it can like somewhat restrict your movements. But uh, with regards to safety, um, I, I always see like when people like a, I want to be safe. It's a case of I want to be comfortable. I don't want to, like, get out that sort of comfort zone of my life where it might be uncomfortable, it might be painful for a time, but that pain's not going to last forever. But if you put that yourself into that realm of unsafe or discomfort, I mm. think that's where the greatest period of growth comes from for most people. I think people just sometimes don't actually realize it.
1: Yeah, I think... It- to change up a little bit like slightly different way of saying kind of what you're saying i think we should change the word with comfortable people don't want comfortable they want complacency right because you can find comfort in discomfort right you can find comfort in stressful situations there's people that perform very well under stressful situation they can remain calm they can be comfortable in despite the discomfort people want complacency they don't want to grow they don't want to better themselves they don't want and They'll say they do, but their actions speak otherwise, right? And as you know, actions speak louder than words. And people really don't want the thing. They don't want to go to the gym. They don't want to eat healthy. They don't want to start a business. They, they don't want to do the things that they know are going to be- you know, benefit them. And not everyone should be an entrepreneur. You know, you could always be an entrepreneur within someone else's company, right? It takes a lot to, you know, uh, mentally, too, to be in charge of someone paying other people and all these other things, right? But it's like a lot of people, it's not comfortable. their surgery. It's They They don't want to stretch themselves right it's because as i said but just playing sports right my whole life it's like you'll realize like you know getting into you know full pads and doing bear crawls across you know turf in 95 degree weather like that's very discomfort We you have to find comfort despite all that stuff like all these little things that you learn through playing sports right and mm-hmm. um you can or martial arts maybe does it's the same thing right and so it's like finding that 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 comfort comfort within the discomfort right and realize that people they just want to stay the same they they don't want to grow they don't want to move right they just want to be co- stay complacent for the most part
0: mm. I have to ask like because you've like played team sports and everything like this and you're like oh yeah there are people just rather than seeking discomfort they're seeking complacency like when you have people like that on your team what like what would be the best like what have you found in your experience has been the best method to either shake him out of it or like yes find a new direction?
1: Yeah, I'd say for me. So I'm someone that tends to be relatively harsh on people, just because like I'm I'm pretty straightforward, right? Um, I also I in some ways kind of lack empathy, but I also genuinely hate excuses. Right, so it's like you have to be empathetic sometimes, but it's also—is it like you know a moment of vulnerability, or are they just making excuses? It's it's a fine line to kind of cross because you could come to some people. I come off like very harsh, very you know blunt sometimes. But it's also too. It's like, for example, it's like I was talking to somebody, and I'm also a hyper optimist as well. So I I really don't like excuses. I think you had there's you could find a way for most things, right? So that also doesn't help the fact that I'm kind of straightforward. But I also Think that there's always an opportunity, right? So
0: Man, you really suck. But you know what? With the right
1: (laughs) you can go out there and get it. Like, like, bro, you are terrible. But like, you could accomplish everything you want in life. But you have to first realize that you're terrible, right? So it's like it doesn't make sense. (laughs) You know, it's, it's it's weird like that. But for example, I was at um my so I still work on a restaurant on the side, right? Mm. And uh, that's how I'm you know supporting everything right that I can do now. Right. And I was talking to a guy and he works there, he's a server, and he was like, Oh, you know, my life, you know, is so much you know, it was, it was harder than yours because I, I I mean I, I moved here when I was 15 uh, to start working from Mexico. So it was like easy for you, you were born here. And I was like, bro, I know a guy younger than me that came from India and is making a hundred thousand a year right now. And I'm I'm mind you, I told you I'm 21. Mm. Right. He's 20. He just picked up an Airbnb. I was like you came here at 15 to start working. When you started working, I was in Pampers and the Internet was still around. There's no excuse that you should not be where you want to be in life. Because I, as I said, I firmly believe, right, you could be anywhere you want in five years. And usually when you haven't accomplished what you want to accomplish, you usually, you know, are missing one or two key connections. Mm. right? With One or two key connections, you'll probably be able to accomplish whatever it is that you're looking for. It's just like, OK, who's that person? right? And it's hard to find. It's not easy, but it's simple. A lot of this stuff is simple. And people tend to overcomplicate a lot of things. And by overcomplicating, that's where the excuses come in, right? And so he was trying to tell me, like, yeah, you know, my life's harder than you because I came from Mexico. And I was like, yeah, I was literally in Pampers. I couldn't speak any languages. And you were out here working. And you decided to spend your money, waste your money. He was saying, like, for the past 10 years, he was like going to clubs and spending money. It's like, that's that's your no one else's fault but your own. And he was trying to make excuses. And then, like, one of my other friends there is like, yeah, John, he's kind of like, he, she was trying to translate for me, but it's like, it's like, no, like this is, I'm saying it how I meant it, because this is how it's supposed to be come, come across, and she was like, yeah, he could be very harsh like that, sometimes he's harsh like that with me, <laughs> And I, but it's like someone has to play the, you know, I guess, the bad guy, am I the bad guy for trying to give solid advice, or it's like
0: like, this is the thing, like, okay, what, especially in the world we live in today, now, if you are truthful with most people, yeah, because okay ma- the vast majority of people are not here to take responsibility uh, for their lives or actions for a myriad of things <laughs> like if you start to highlight that uh, by going, yeah you're not doing this, you could have been doing that, doing this, doing that, the spotlight. When you're in the spotlight on stage, it's a, it's a warm place to be. And the more spotlights you put on like flaws in someone's life and when they know deep down it's their fault, they will get mad. Uh, Like they'll get mad at you, but they're really mad at themselves Mm. Uh, and you and they'll never admit it to you. And you know what I mean? It's, but it's one of those things. If you give it out, you've got to always be prepared to take it, you know? Yeah. And but, Oh yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. Because that's what I wish someone was with me. That's how I like to be talked to in a way. It's like that. As I said, I grew up playing football and it's like that coaching. It's like, it's always, it's never like, Hey, you know, go run a, a mile around the football field. It's like, Oh, you guys want to come late to practice on the line? Goal line now, bear cross, run, right? Like that's, but it's like, also too, it's like, there, there's a reason for it. It's what it's with good intention. So do you want bad advice with, you know, a warm bite of warm voice on the other side of it? Or do you want great advice with a tough voice? Right. You know, at the end of the day, it's with good intention. Like, oh, you should have never spent your money. You know, you should have been doing X, Y, Z. You know, someone has to tell them that. Right. And they may know deep down, but it's like, if you knew, then why would you do it? Right. Because then then people say, oh, but I had no choice. And then they get into that victim mentality that, oh, but there's always a choice, especially when you're operating with a mindset of abundance. Right. Where I believe firmly, like uh, where we are today is an accumulation of our past thoughts. Mm -hmm. So in order to get to where we want to get to in the future, we have to change our thoughts now. So it's like, what thoughts did you have in place? Right. What were you thinking? Who were you around? What were you what were you feeding into your mind and your in your life and your, your your body that led you to be at that situation where you were at that point in time
0: no like this is the thing uh, abundance mindset i love the fact that you've got that and like this is the thing if you've got if you're in survival mode and like i like i've sat down over the course of time and like working things out and i've been in survival mode where if you went one to ten i I'll go yeah i, I must have been at, at 15 16 <laughs> Because, like, the difference is uh, with uh, abundance mindset, you've got, yes, I can plan for the future because there's going to be always this, that, the other. You play the game of life in the here and now, and you don't actually think about the future. And, like, going with regards to getting out of a survival mindset, it takes a long time, um, depending where you actually fall on that spectrum to sort of bring it down. Because there's times like, well, there's times where it's like, what is that normal? Normal for me is, uh, I don't know. It's on a different level. I do have, like, I do have more of an abundance mindset in there, but it's still tagged with that survival mindset, it's still with me. But like, the whole thing is, if you, if I, if we had a conversation when I was twenty one and you were like twenty one. I'd most really have a host of excuses why this and that, and I can't do this and can't do that. It's taken a long time and a lot of hard work on my part. And I know there are going to be some people which are on that path of journey. There are some people which will never be able to sort of come out of that. And there'll be some people which can slowly come into that realm and go, yes, you know what? The world is full of abundance. Uh, uh abundance of opportunities like whatever that might be like you know i mean financial like sites like travel like meeting people or yeah you can like not have it uh
1: yeah you know there's a quote that i hold near and dear to my heart it comes from a freestyle it's um and if life was easy it wouldn't be worth living mm. god gives the best soldiers the worst missions Right. So it's like, so that's something like whenever things get hard and like I'm currently in one of those times where it's hard. Do I ever show it? No, because I know like, like right now, like, for example, I just came off of and a year where financially it was probably my worst year in a while ever, probably. And like I am burning through everything, but it's like I'm in that phase where it's like, although I'm burning through a lot of my my resources, my capital, it's like. I'm also gained the clarity so I can come into 2023 with so much excitement, so much energy, so much passion, right? Because I've, I've gained clarity as to what it is that I want to put my my efforts into. And it's like, there's so many other things that I've learned throughout the years. For example, like Zig Ziglar, if you help enough people get what they want, eventually you will get what you want, right? Right, coming from service, right? Like people, if you come from contribution, people want to help you back. Eventually people will help you do more than you're paid and eventually you'll be paid more than what you do. Right, listening to people like Joe Rogan, reading all these books, reading all these quotes. It's like, and then also too is why I can't forget like having a strong faith, right? And right, faith is um having belief in the things we have not seen yet. I I know it's there, it's coming, but it's like I just gotta stay faithful. I gotta stay, you know, disciplined. I gotta stay focused and getting after it. And it's like there's a quote I heard, not a quote, a verse this morning. I seen it on somebody else's story, but just so happens to play into all this. It was like. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Right? It's like when you know all these things, when you have and believe all those things. It's like, you know, I I, I understand the scarcity mindset because I come from it, but I I know that it's possible to come out of it. Right? You, as you said, you're in a in a transition it where you're coming out of it. Right? I've seen all these people around me that like are making so much money, are doing so many things. It's like we have the same amount of hours. How did they get there? And instead of focusing on my situation and why it sucks, why it's bad, it's focusing on you know, how do I get to where I want to get to? What do I need to do? What do I need to be? Who do I need to become in order to achieve all the things that I've dreamed of, right? Not about making a million dollars, about becoming a person that can make a million dollars, right? What person do you need to step into? Is that someone that's confident? Is that someone that's well-spoken? Is that someone that's intelligent, articulate? Like what do you need to do to transform into that person? And then act as if you're already that person and the path in front of you will start kind of, you know, uh, making itself out on its own
0: yeah like this is the thing uh motivational speaker les brown he like mm-hmm. when the talks about
1: yeah uh to
0: like when he made his first million dollars, it was the hardest million dollars he ever did make, and I'm paraphrasing here because he didn't have the mindset uh for it once he hit that first million, then it was just like, yeah, the doorways opened uh to everything else um I think sometimes um, if you like trying to find the path onto the next level is difficult when you don't have anyone who's walked that path before you. But if you've managed to like find a little path here and a little path there to get you along the way, uh, I don't know when you sort of step into that realm of Nirvana, uh, but one day you look up and you look around, you go, Ooh, wait a second. (laughs) Things have come my way and like, yeah, like not so much the good times have arrived, but yeah, that next level uh, has come to you uh, with all the like all the hardships, joy, pain. And yeah, I think another is what come from that.
1: Yeah. And another point, too, it's like when you put in a GPS, when you're going to somewhere you don't know, right, you don't start off by putting in what's the first turn right you start off by putting in the final destination most people don't know where they're going or they have a ge- very general view of where they're going like if i said i want to go to new york city well where in new york city you want to go to right that's a big city or if you want to go to you know austin or dallas or you know los angeles it's like these are some big cities where on earth do you want to go in the city you want to go to in the north end and the west side of the city you want to go downtown like right where people have these general or do i want to go to texas well, we are in Texas. That's, the, you know, a uh, massive state. Most people are, are shooting for their goals and they're putting in the GPS. Hey, I just want to go to Texas. Yeah. And wonder why they never, achieve, you know, get to where they want to get to. Like, they don't have the final destination, clear, destination clearly enough. They don't have the address, the zip code laid yeah. down.
0: No, they, the final clear picture. And, like, the whole thing is, look, with, when it comes to, like, grand plans and designs, it's like, yes, I would like to have X, Y, and Z happen. You go right, so you start out you, with your like grand adventure. And you you're going at it as you say. You don't know what like when the next the first right turns come in the next turn or where that GPS might be taking you. But it like by the time you get to your final destination, it might be yeah you get X Y and I is <laughs> like um, like and you go right. And it could be something. There'll be an element which is completely different. For example, we're like going back to when we were first having this conversation. Real estate. You're going to be a like become an authority in this, so you could be able to have speaking gigs and like. It's like right, it's like going this. It like New York City real estate street. It's yeah. like again next to real estate streets, podcast street. Mm. I go, yeah, real estate. Oh wait a second, I I've never seen this neighborhood before, but yeah. There we go, you know?
1: Yeah, and definitely too. And with that real estate stuff, a lot of the stuff that we learn along the way, it's trying to like reflect. And let's say we we did make a wrong turn, whether it's wrong or right, I don't think it's wrong. I think it was for a reason. Because with real estate, it taught me a lot of things about like how to structure my morning, how to get around the right people, how to master my, how to network. You know how to run a business. Because Keller Williams has a lot of trainings that are more like business oriented. It's not just sticking signs in a yard and saying that says for sale, right? It's it's a lot of business principles that they teach. It's like incorporating a lot of that now into like. How I do things with the podcast and how I organize my my stuff with the podcast and finding out how to transfer it over. So it's like I wasn't driving down real estate street, didn't really know where I was going, not knowing I wanted to go to one two three podcast Ave. Right, and now that it's like I'm finding that direction more and more. Now I know that I want to get to you know five twenty five podcast Street or something like that. I don't know, but it's like. I don't know what the next turn is, but when you put in something to a GPS, what does it do? It calculates. And -hmm. if you take a wrong turn or if you misstep, right, or if there's traffic, what does it do? It it just recalibrates. It always reroutes, right? So kind of just be like a GPS and just when life throws a curveball or something, just reroute.
0: Yeah. And like, this is the thing, like you bring up an important point. Like, yeah, I think some people, when they go into a job, they just see it as a job and like they don't actually see the possible golden nuggets or golden bricks of what can be pulled out of that particular job and be built like put into your like building a bright and sunny future Uh, as you say yeah oh you learn more about business by doing that job rather than just putting down signs and I think there are many people like going yeah Ah, oh, fuck that shit job I don't need that job it's like yeah doesn't pay much or anything like this it's like i right but do that job for 18 months and you might have like maybe gain five years of business experience over the next person but you know far be it for me to say that I i, I doubt if anyone's gonna
1: pick up and listen to me <laughs> <laughs> no definitely but like you know you, you're actually spending a lot of good game because like now we have the the quiet quitting movement where everyone's just like you know, quietly quitting and sort of not quitting, but they're not really putting all their effort, but like there's not really doing much. But then it's like, no, it's like by not putting your your all into something, not only are you letting the employer down, but you're letting yourself down. It's like why, why are you even there? Just if it really, you know, like it's something you really hate and your employer doesn't, you know, appreciate what you do and stuff like that. It's like, okay, I understand. What's what's the next step? How do we get out of this? How do we make this better? Is that finding a new job? Is that applying to 20 different places all in the same day? Is it walking in every single job in that street? And saying, hey, I'm looking for a job. Who's hiring? And walking around with, handing out, you know, resumes. Is it reaching out to all your friends from LinkedIn on co- that you went to college with or you went to high school with? Is mm-hmm. it reaching out to them like, hey, I'm looking for a job. Do you have any connections? What it is that you have to do to get you to the place that you want to get to? Because clearly, if you're going to quiet quit, the place that you're at currently isn't where you want to be. And most people just stay there. And that's it. No, there's no game plan. It's just, I'm going to just stay here and be miserable. That's it. Yeah.
0: Like, this is the thing. With quiet quitting, if that's the only thing they're doing they're not doing any sort of like side gig it's like i look i need to have x amount of money coming in so but to keep my side gig going so it can become my main gig then i kind of look at and go (laughs) you know what fair enough fair enough
1: yeah fair enough yeah but most people aren't
0: yeah but this is the whole thing like if it's the only thing they're doing if that's the only thing in life they're yeah, they're quite quitting at that, that job, but they're also quite quitting on themselves. That mm. that sort of that 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 vein of ambition, that passion, mm. desire, and once you start doing that,
1: it's mm. like you're accepting fate. That's it. Like, this is all I'll ever become. So I'm just gonna sit here and. You know, not put my all into this job and just be a sucky employee because this is all that a will ever I'll ever amount to. Right. That's pretty much what you're saying when you're quietly quitting. Essentially, it's like, hey, it's like, especially if you don't have anything on the side. Right. This is for like, the people that are like, just quietly quitting and not doing anything else. Right. But like if you have, you know, a side gig or a side business or something or an idea. Right. Even if it's just a thought. Right. If you have a seed, you know, you're you're, you're good. But if it's just quietly quitting with nothing else, it's like, what are you doing?
0: Mm, yeah, like I get this vibe about you, John. Like, yeah. I, might, I might be wrong, but like, yeah. Do you, like, when you come across these people who are, who've got that vibe going on and you know it, do you tend to be like, hey, stay the hell away from me? I don't need your energy in my life. Or do you like, a, hey, come on, Put, pick, like, make that change? I think I know which one it is.
1: I can't find myself to, you know, I, I can't find it in me to try to make conversation and small talk with people that don't want to better themselves. It's, it's hard. It's like, I'm, I'm so like, I'm tr- I'm so growth minded, I'm so focused, not saying I'm better than anyone, but it's mm. like, I'm just so focused on trying to grow and better myself and self-improve and develop and further my path and further my career and further on move along in this journey. So that, like sit across from someone that just like, it's like, eh. And doesn't want to really move it's it's hard honestly and it's hard to fake it because it's like I, I don't want to be someone i'm not right just to you know have a small conversation It's just like i'd rather not have a conversation with you
0: <laughs> huh? I, honestly no no i hear you i hear you i like this is the thing i get that vibe from you john <laughs> <laughs> and I know, look there's nothing wrong with that because i like, this is the thing i i often look at People's energy and the energy they bring on a sort of day to day basis. Now, if you if you're a up person, you can infect people with up positivity.
1: Energy. Yeah,
0: just mm-hmm. like oh yeah, I feel so much better.
1: Like you before the podcast started, you have great energy. You're up positive. I came in a car, I'm like okay, yeah. <laughs> so i just smiling. Oh, like thank you. I like I I I will send you a check in the post. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah,
1: don't cash it yet.
0: But uh, yeah.
1: one, two, three podcast street. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but like the whole thing is when you have a realm of negativity, which someone gives off, oh, uh, oh, uh, then like a hard day becomes that little bit harder. A mm. good day becomes that little bit drearier. Uh, it's just like no, Uh please, like. <laughs> step to the side like there might be like if it's like yeah shit's going on badly at home and everything like that like hey if you need to talk cool but if it's just you're that gent that that person's on that general page of ah everything's shit and nothing's gonna go right for me no (laughs) no 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 they have to go
1: (laughs) yeah definitely it's like because it's it's and it's so cliche because everyone says it, but it's so true. Like the average of the five people you spend the most time around, right? So yeah. you start spending a lot, you know, these time around people, and then you'll realize that their mannerisms, you know, the way they speak the way everything you start to adopt those without realizing that's the scariest part, right? So if you're spending time with the wrong people slowly, but surely you're going to become those people. And the worst part about it is that you'll never realize it, but right. the best part about it is right in that same, in that same breath that if you spend it with good people, with people that are, and not, I wouldn't want to say good people who are focused on positivity and bettering themselves, right. And so become a success oriented, right? you, you spend time with those people. And then it's like slowly but surely, you won't realize it, but you'll start becoming like them as well, right? So it's like a double-edged sword where you could either go far left very quickly mm-hmm. or, or far right in your favor.
0: Yeah, no, building that team, building that like strong crew around you.
1: That it, unit, right?
0: Absolutely. It is everything, uh, because like, dear me, when, like, when the times get hard, and they do, yeah. You know what I mean? If you can like turn to your left, turn to your right, and you know you've got yeah some like
1: some soldiers people. next to you.
0: Yeah, I look put it this way: you can t- you can take off over a lot of territory with five people. I tell you that now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just got to be the right five people. Now, John, I have to ask: like, what is your like? You've got epic plans for twenty twenty three. Yeah, like you've got this game plan, I sense for the next five years. But like, okay, if there was something you could achieve in the next twelve months, like, so if we were having this conversation on the twentieth of like December twenty twenty three, what would that be?
1: If I I have to do just one,
0: one two, you tell me.
1: Right. So one of my big goals for next year, right, is to have 100,000 downloads for the podcast, right? So I'm a long ways away, but I feel like the effort that I'm going to put into this upcoming year is going to be, you know, know, not too many putting in the the amount of input that I'm going to be putting in, right? I'm going to step on the gas, right? So that's one of my big goals, right? The next one from there is, as I said, hosting a successful virtual summit. Because if I do a successful virtual summit one time, that's going to open a door to doing another one. And the amount of, you know, authority that I'm going to gain in my field it's going to boost my credibility, is going to boost everything. Uh, I want to do a TED Talk as well. Um, that's another goal that I have. Um, and it's not as hard as most people think. It's kind of just a game of applying a little bit uh and you know having your stuff together mm-hmm. and knowing how to you know it, the hard part is finding who to do you have to reach out to pitch that's the hard part but if you find the right person to pitch reach out to and pitch you send them a pretty you know thought well thought out email yeah you, you have a an all right chance especially because i have a podcast so it's like there's already you know video footage of me speaking right so it's like i have some credibility like you could look up my podcast see all the videos and stuff like that now that i'm being a guest in other show it's like you know, and I have a one pager. So it's like, you know, when I send that, that, that written up email, I'm going to look a little certified. So when I see none of that, so that's a little a goal right there. Um, but really more than anything, I'd say the probably two most important goals is to become a better version of myself than I am today. Right. Cause I feel like this year, at least financially and resource wise, in terms of like uh, capital and stuff like that, I went down so it's like, but like, I've been able to grow as a person so much. Right. And so I've been investing in myself. So like next year to see the fruits of those efforts, right. The, 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 the results of those efforts that I put into this year, that's what I want to see really next year. And two, it's like helping more people. I haven't put a quantified, like I haven't quantified the amount of people I ha- I want to help. Right. But I've been spending a lot of time recently, like one of my boys named Darren, uh, shout out to Darren. Hopefully you hear this podcast, but I've been, you know, every time I have a new idea, i run it by him. Because hmm. when I think of my ideal avatar, he is the person that that comes to mind. If I could like have, you know, because they talk about marketing and branding, like who's your ideal client avatar? Like who's the one person you want to help? If you could, you know, picture somebody in your brain and he's the first person I thought of. And so it's like, and I get these new ideas and stuff like that. It's like, all right, does he? this is going to help him and this is going to support him. Because I know if he likes it, then at least a hundred other people like him like it. And that's how I'm going to really build, turn this from just a podcast into a movement, into a community. It's like I get him to mess with it. Then he just, you know, enjoys and supports what I'm doing so much that that's going to attract other people like him to join. And then just focus on like, OK, how can I continue to help and serve you guys more and just yeah. come from contribution? And it's not about the, you know, the passive income, right, that people like to talk about. It's about the passive impact. How many people's lives can you change while you're sleeping? Because if you can change people's life while you're sleeping, you'll make more money than you ever knew what to do with. So it's like next year is going to be big on like, how do I help more people?
0: Mm, Excellent. And I have to ask because, (laughs) uh, yeah, how do you plan to get the 100,000 downloads?
1: So part of it is going to be, I have a minimum of 240. That's the bare minimum podcast guest appearances. My actual goal is 300. The cherry on top is 360, right? I could do 360 podcasts next year, right? That, and I'm only going to do people that, are, as I said, like I told you before we started recording, people that are in alignment with me, whether it's someone that I had on my show that they had on their show or okay. someone that's in my, in my niche, in my industry, in the entrepreneurship space, right? That's the only podcast I'm going on. Um, and so I'm reaching out to these people and seeing if we can connect. Um, the Summits is going to be a big help Because now it's going to be not just my, you know, credibility. It's going to be all these speakers bringing their audiences and I'm going to be the common denominator. So, you know, some people are obviously going to come back into Walk to Wealth, right? And so those are going to be like the two main like plays. And then the third play, which is like a more of like a a long-term play. So I created a Dream 100 list. It's like the top 100 people that I would want to work with or collab with or have on a podcast as a guest. And so I followed all of them on Instagram. And so what I'm doing is. Each day, I made all of them my favorites on Instagram. So if you look on my feed, it's only like entrepreneur stuff for the most part and personal finance stuff. Yeah. And like just commenting on all their stuff. And so not all of them run their own social media accounts, but some of them do. And if my name pops up enough time when I eventually ask them to hop on the show, they're going to want to be on the show. Right. And they're going to want to help because I've been a, a a valuable contributor to their community. It's not like I was like, oh, hop on my hop on my show. I'd love to have you. Hey, I'm a big fan. Come on my show. It's like, you know, I've been contributing. I've been, you know, uh, communicating with their other people in the community and kind of making a, a name for myself. And so it's like when I finally ask that person and I reach out, they'll be more likely to say yes. And as I get them to say yes. And the more credibility from the from the virtual um the virtual summit, that's gonna boost my credibility. So then I can reach out to even more successful people. And as you probably already know, usually when you have a successful person uh, on your podcast, it doesn't really boost your numbers that much, but you know it'll boost my credibility, allowing me to reach out to more people. And then the speaking opportunities that I'm doing from podcasts, hopefully lead into actual speaking opportunities and just funnel everything back into the show. That is my plan, so far for getting that to a hundred thousand in one year.
0: Uh, uh, fantastic i'm loving the energy and loving the positivity i love and you know what I, I do believe you've got the will and
1: drive to make
0: it happen ah uh,
1: yeah thank you thank you now uh, i said it earlier right you're only one or two connections away i hop on one podcast or talk to one person that's, that's all it takes
0: yeah, indeed it does indeed it does now this will be the final question and like uh, yeah <clears throat> now, I I have to reveal, I am a being of supreme cosmic power, and I can grant <laughs> you one wish and one wish alone. But uh, before you say a damn thing, because like you know, you, I I can tell you're tricky. Uh, you might not know what diehard is, but you you're tricky. <laughs> yeah, no wishing for infinite wishes. No writing down things on a list of paper Make everything come true on this Like on the list No wishing for world peace No wishing for a cure for COVID I had to draw on the powers of Dolly Parton And Beyonce on that That's some dark magic you don't want to mess with No (sighs) If I can grant you one wish What would it be?
1: The one wish Is that I pass on generational wisdom to those whose lives i've been able to impact and as i said i haven't really quantified the amount of people that i want to help i don't want to help like a million people or like a billion people or whatever it's like i want to help as many people as i can but with the general generational wisdom side of things right the whole idea behind it is that everyone talks about generational wealth Uh the thing that sucks about generational wealth is the average inheritance only lasts three generations right? Why? Because tough times breed strong men, strong men breed easy times, easy times breed weak men. And then the cycle continues, right? It's a cycle. But if you have generational wisdom, right? And it doesn't matter what life throws your way. It doesn't matter if you get a lawsuit. It doesn't matter if everything is stripped from you, right? You lose everything. You will always be able to get it back. And then some, uh-huh. right? Because you have that what they can't take from you what's up here, right? So at the very least, you know, uh that that would probably be my my one wish that every person whose life I walked into, right? I'm able to spew in some generational wisdom that they can then take on and implement and better their lives with.
0: Outstanding. Just make the number a thousand. It's small. But if you if you can do that to a thousand people and a thousand pe- and those people could do a thousand and then and again and again and again and again. And again, and again, and again, and again
1: that's the whole road. Boom. There Just have go. that impact on a
0: thousand people. That's all. <laughs> yeah. But okay, John. I I've got to say thank you uh, for coming on the podcast today. You have been a joy, a pleasure, a delight, and mm, a disappointment in the
1: same
0: <laughs> <time>. <laughs> doesn't know die hard. He was almost perfect. Almost. <laughs> almost. Damn you, John. <laughs> like yippee, motherfucker. Come on.
1: <laughs>
0: Come on. Well,
1: we all have our shortcomings, right? <laughs> oh,
0: <damn> it. <laughs> it was almost a perfect guess.
1: But,
0: but John, can you tell the lovely people how they can find you out there on these interwebs?
1: Yeah. So uh one thing that I, you know I'm helping right now, a lot of people, as I said, um uh, want to get into entrepreneurship. So I created a free training. Uh, called The Beginner's Guide to Entrepreneurship for anyone that want to take matters into their own hands, right? And turn their side hustles into something that's, you know, more than just a little side hustle, right? Uh, so that's going to, I mean, I'll send you the link, but it's going to be pretty much um, there or Walk to Wealth pretty much everywhere. IG, the podcast, right? If if it's not the guide, go check out the podcast because um, I said I got a lot of big things planned. So, you know, make sure to, to stick along. If you want to join me on the Walk to Wealth, that'll be the best place to find me.
0: Ah, John. Ah, it has been a pleasure, an honor to have you here today. Thank you for coming on. I'll put all the information into the show notes, the description. So yeah, do <laughs> seek him out. Yeah, do connect with him. And yes, drop down maybe a few film suggestions. Him.
1: But that's another story.
0: <laughs> that's yeah. almost a personal vibe. But anyway,
1: <laughs> <laughs> D- uh, D- DM me any movie suggestions.
0: <laughs> uh, Uh, you've opened up the gateway now (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to say thank you to you my friends, my life warriors for sticking with us to the end of the show please stay well, stay safe be awesome, be excellent, be fantastic be all the positive bees in the world and then some, have a great day guys yes (laughs) peace. ah yeah and we are